The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss Erebus, one of the primordial deities and the personification of darkness in Greek mythology. Alright, let's get into it. As the personification of darkness, it isn't surprising that Erebus became synonymous with the underworld, even becoming a byword for it, as can be seen in Hesiod's Theogony. Zeus struck him, the titan Menetius, with a lurid thunderbolt and sent him down to Erebus. And in the Homeric hymns, Hermes came, bidding me Persephone, come back from Erebus, and many other works. Similarly, Hades' name was also used as an appellation for the underworld. However, there were differences between the two. Erebus more so pertained to the dark and shadow of the underworld, while Hades invariably pertained to the totality of the underworld itself. Here's a passage from Edith Hamilton's book, Mythology A to Z, that elaborates on this. As the darkness under the earth, he was sometimes called Erebus, the personification of darkness and shadow and sometimes the chasm or pit that separated the world of the living from the underworld. He was a god, but he had no cult, no following. He was simply there, the personification of something that is always there, a part of the underworld and of the world above it, like the atmosphere around the earth. Though Erebus's name was used on occasion, Hades' name was the true name of the underworld. And because of this, Hades' name would transcend Greek mythology and find its way into Jewish and Christian scripture. The Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, is the holy text from which the Old Testament is derived. It was originally written in Hebrew, of course, but the first language it was translated to was ancient Greek in the 3rd century BC. The ancient Greek rendering was later called the Septuagint, a name derived from the Latin word Septuaginta, meaning 70, reflecting, as the story goes, the 72 Jewish scholars, six from each of the 12 tribes of Israel, who worked on the translation. The Hebrew word for the underworld is Sheol, and when the Hebrew Bible was translated to ancient Greek, instances in which the word Sheol was used were typically changed to Hades. We are now going to spend the rest of the video looking at Erebus's family tree, because beyond this, Greek mythology has almost nothing to say about him. First there was Chaos, the Great Void. Then came Gaia, the personification of the earth, Tartarus, the great chasm that existed beneath the earth, and Eros, the personification of love, desire, and attraction. Basically the procreative power that permeated the universe. Following the emergence of these four primordials, Chaos independently produced two children, Erebus, the personification of darkness, and Nyx, the personification of night making them the first two beings to be brought into existence through reproduction, unconventional though it was. Erebus and Nyx coupled, as was often the perverse wont of brother-sister pairs in Greek mythology, and together they produced Aether and Hemera. Aether was the god of the bright upper atmosphere, and Hemera was the goddess of the day. Following in the incestuous footsteps of their parents, Aether and Hemera came together and produced Thassila, a sea goddess. She was associated with the life-giving quality of the sea, sometimes said to personify its calm and gentle waters, as opposed to its rough and stormy aspects. 
which were more so associated with Pontus, the primordial deity who personified the sea in its totality. Sometimes these two were portrayed as a couple. Also born to Erebus and Nyx was Charon, the ferryman who transported the souls of the dead across the river Styx. He is often depicted as a grim and silent figure, with a long beard and tattered robes, who uses a long pole to steer his boat across the river. Charon would only ferry the souls of those who had received a proper burial, and had coins or other offerings to pay for their passage. If a soul did not have the necessary payment, they would be forced to wander the shores of the river Styx for a hundred years before they were allowed to cross. And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.